Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay. This is Mara. I hope all is going well for you today. Today's topic is acceptance means respecting what is. Believe me, that's a big topic. Before we get started, let's kind of catch up here and get some record-keeping stuff out of the way. If you'd like to call into the show, please feel comfortable doing so. It's 646 595 I customarily, or I rarely, let's use the word rarely, operate the chat room because I have a hard time talking and writing or typing at the same time. And so what I do is if I open the chat room, I end up neglecting the people who are within the chat room, and that's not too polite. So you can also uh, tune in, I believe, electronically to listen to this over your computer. And I am pleased to have each and every one of you here. So what are we going to talk about? Acceptance. Oh, my gosh, it's a word we use a lot. You need to accept. You know, okay. I think we are naturally resistant to accepting anything that isn't precisely as we would like it. And uh, that makes life difficult at times at best. But before we get there, let's begin by joining our hearts, our minds, our souls together, recognizing within us the power to change, recognizing within us as we go through today the benefit of accepting things over which we have no control. Now, this creates a really weird, weird, what they would call conundrum or problem. And the weird part is, then does that mean that I just accept, like the citizens of Nuremberg, that uh, people were being burned up down the road? And that's the challenge. When do we speak out? When do we accept? What do we accept? I I think that that is the balancing act of humanity. And it is something that we certainly will talk about today. We talked about it a bit last week. And I do not want to ever imply that one should turn a blind eye to man's inhumanity to man. But I do want to suggest, as we go through today, that we look at what we get riled up about and we decide we need to be riled up about all of that. You know what they say many times is the voice of the person who doesn't often express his or her opinion in the room usually echoes the loudest. With that, we're going to join ourselves together with Be Still Thy Soul. For those of you who have listened to this show before, and I think I say the same words every time, then you'll know that I do have a suggested way to meditate, it's not about how you sit. It's not about whether you have your your finger, your pointy finger and your thumb connected in a circle, or you have your hands and your palms facing up, or you have your arms crossed, or you have your hands in a in a meditative posture with your palms together. That's not what I have a suggestion about. You should do whatever you feel comfortable doing. If you feel comfortable laying a rug down and bowing, then that's what you should do. Whatever works for you, for you to put yourself in a position where you open up yourself to joining your breath with the breath of God, where you open yourself up to being all that you can be. By allowing that spark of divinity within you to be infused with the breath of God and for you to open up like a flower as you breathe in and feel.
feel the wondrous energy and remember that God is with you always. You are never alone. And looking around at our world, I can understand why that would be a pretty disheartening um, belief to hold. Although I will tell you, that has been the lamentation of the uh, devout forever. You know, where is God? Look at what is going on. And maybe we'll talk a bit about that today. Maybe starting, or definitely starting, with the fact that God is there in the room with us. How much respect are we paying to the message that has come to us from so many, many messengers? You can look at current messengers such as Wayne Dyer, Neil Donald Walsh, um, and there's so many. And I'm I'm bad at remembering them all. Uh, but the message is constant. God is love. Neil Donald Walsh in his conversations with God books goes so far as to say God wants us to call him love or her love. Can you imagine the moment of that? Love, damn it. Ooh. That's pretty powerful. Love bless you. Love is the way. We can look at the more ancient teachers of the message Jesus. Love one another. Muhammad, love one another. Buddha, accept this moment. And love. Perhaps that's in love. So, However you posture yourself, I would like you to open yourself up to the reality that in this moment and in every moment, you are surrounded by the energy of love. And then the question becomes, are you recognizing it? Are you remembering it? And are you choosing to keep it within you. It being the energy of love of God. Now the other thing I sometimes recommend is that you try to find a place where you come together one with God on a constant basis, a regular basis, a daily basis if possible, but as often as possible. I call my space my prayer room. Now, it's a little bit more than a prayer room. And in today's world, it has a computer and it even has has a TV set. So it's not a place where I go and the only thing that is done here is prayer. But it could be, and it has been other places and other houses. One time it was simply a cupboard, a very small cupboard. It was one of those lacquered cupboards And I would open the doors. I lived in a very small place. I had a pillow in front of it. And I would open the doors. And when I opened the doors, there was incense, an incense burner, things that, because I believe fragrances are valuable. There were some um, crystals. And... There was a spot where I could be one with God. And the glory of that spot and of the spot I have today is that in these spots, I leave always the residual energy of my union with love with God. So the spot becomes a holy spot for me. 
the holy spot doesn't have to be some place that attracts the throngs of people as they come to worship god there why don't we come to worship god wherever we are whatever we are doing throughout the day rabia the mystic said on the mountain in the valley i behold only god In hardship, I see him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flames. I behold only God. So as we move into this period where you are going to become one with God, where you are going to join your breath with God's breath, where you are going to feel the exuberant feeling of being one with God, of God's breath coursing through your body, the energy of that moment, I encourage you in a breathing technique that elongates your breath. Now, as you do this breathing technique, I give you some simple, a simple kind of mantra or a group of words that you can use with it. The reason I suggest that is as one meditates, in order to get three deep breaths in and to blow them out, one often focuses on the breath. Oh, I've got to breathe a long breath. And then they become so focused on that breath. And there is something to be said for prana, following your breath through your body. I'm not minimizing that. But when you begin focusing on getting your breath in, most people go, and they sit there gasping for breath. They sit there without any breath trying to hold their breath like you did when you were in elementary school and you were holding your breath to see if you could hold your breath and not um, not go unconscious for a minute or some such game. So what you want to do is instead sip in breath, like a singer sips in breath. And allow yourself to go through the various compartments of your body Configurating your body with your breath and ultimately joining your breath with the breath of God. So the way I suggest that people do that, no matter their position, even if you are laying down, is that you act as though your nose is in the soles of your feet. And you pull your breath up through the soles of your feet across the front of your calves, through your thighs, coming to your buttocks, have it move across to the tailbone. And in the tailbone, now you are at the divining rod of life. You are about to go up your spine and align your chakras. Now, the base chakra is where you keep fear. So as you take that breath, release the fear into the earth from which it came. There is nothing to be afraid of. We have all made it through all that we have lived. Sometimes what we have lived has been less than glamorous, but we have survived and we are here. And personally, I accept that I may not be here forever. And in that acceptance comes a huge freedom, which we may talk about later in terms of what you stand up for and what you accept. So bringing fearless breaths up, you will come next to the sacral chakra, That is the zone of creativity, not just the creation of children, but also the creation of wonderful earth-changing ideas. Open yourself to such an idea. Allow yourself to believe in the wonder of you, that you have come to this planet for a purpose. 
And that purpose is divine. You are here to ignite love. To ignite remembering of love. To ignite a change by how you choose to comport yourself. The next chakra is the solar plexus chakra. It's the middle section of the body. That section of the body is the zone, by the way, the color is yellow, is the zone of healing. And so as you are taking sips of breath in the solar plexus zone and you are feeling the healing energy, let that energy course through every part of your body. Never pass the solar plexus without allowing yourself to be healed. So now you're going to bring fearless, creative, healing breath up, and you're going to come to your heart. I went to a training program the other day. It's interesting. We're starting to have training programs in the workplace on uh, spiritual matters. Very interesting. Not God-driven, just spirit, the spirit of man is a need to be valued and loved. And how do we go about that? We go about that through kind and open communication and recognition of one another. And here in this training zone is the heart. We begin to make decisions about who we are through our heart. Are you willing to thrust back your shoulders Are you willing to take the chance on being hurt and disappointed by leading with love? As you bring this fearless, creative, healing breath up to your heart, I invite you to try it today. Square your shoulders, lead with your heart, and allow a burst, a column of love to come out of your heart Feel that love moving away from you as it circles you. And you love first yourself and then you love others. And now bring that fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving breath. Excuse me, the next zone is the throat chakra. And I tend to use that for forgiveness. That is where our words are. We need to forgive ourselves for our poorly chosen words and we need to forgive others for their poorly chosen words. Although bullets kill people, words destroy humanity. They echo on and on and on. And generally, we recount who did wrong to whom. Nothing is let to go, and we live in a past present, a past-dominated present because of our words, our attempts to justify, let go of all of that. Forgive yourself, forgive others as you bring this healing, excuse me, fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving breath up and you come to the third eye. And in the third eye, the zone between your eyes, the zone of manifestation. Spend a moment imagining and seeing yourself a kind, loving being, recognizing the zone of control that you have and seeing yourself as making a difference by choosing to be your highest self. Now, pull this fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving 
manifesting energy up and imagine that the top of your head opens like you're lifting a baseball cap and allow your breath to leave your body emerge through a type pardon me a piper tubing system with the breath of god and feel the electric charge of your breath Feel that majestic moment. Feel yourself lifted as you release the woes of this life and feel and remember the connection with God. And then breathe out, I am alive. And loved. Maybe better said, I am alive with love. And I'm going to allow you now to go through this exercise yourself for three minutes and 40 seconds. And the goal is to remind you of what is waiting at the end of the field as you learn to accept and reach the goal of self-control and love.
Make me one source of light. So many times we minimize our contribution, our ability to evoke a change, our ability and part of the process. And when we do that, we we just kind of move into a passivity. It's as though my voice doesn't matter. Well, it depends upon what your voice is saying. Quite frankly, your voice matters no matter what. And your voice unspoken matters as much as if it is spoken. And I can see this line as I talk to people about acceptance. I see this line. I do. I see the line. I see it going through. And I see the idea that what side of the line are you going to come down on? And in our society, because kindness is many times viewed as weakness, if you land on the side of acceptance when something should be said, then in essence, we become passivity. We we allow passivity to dominate our lives. So how do we decide? How do we decide? And this is a huge decision. When do you step out and when do you accept? Now we're going to be coming up on some topics in the next um, month to talk about stepping out the the talk about the idea that Dudley Do-Right has become Simon McGree. And for those of you who are too young to know what that means, it means our heroes are acting like the people that we consider to be villains. And we see that mo- we see that modeled on TV all the time. That the way to the solution, the way to win, is to be the most violent, the most vigorous. Maybe it's in the movies also, I don't go very often. But to be the strongest, the most vigorous, the most actively aggressive, to be the meanest person. To be the person who steps on the neck of his or her opponent. In the name of an principle. But the problem is I'm coming to recognize is we can't even agree on the principles that are right. But I can suggest to you today there is one fundamental principle that is always right. And that is the principle of love of you personally being kind. Now, I'm a lawyer, so let me tell you, I do know how to make the decision at times to to be strong with my words. But even in the strength of my words, I do not give up the kindness of my being. And that is the challenge. That is that dividing line of knowing when to speak out, but when to stay true in the process, stay true to yourself. And that's the deal right there. I love what Paramahasa Yogananda said. The entire universe is God's cosmic motion picture. Mankind's deep suffering is rooted in identifying too closely with one's current role rather than with the movie directors or God. So what does that mean? That means that so many times we don't even have time to look at the grander issues that are around us. We don't have time to pay attention to what is going on in the world because we are so caught up in lamenting our current circumstance. 
We don't have the job title we want. We don't have the amount of money we want. We don't live in the neighborhood we want. And in rather than making the best of the neighborhood we're in, the job title we have, and the amount of money we have, we instead dream for something more or live in the past about something that made it uh, brought us to this place. Again, because it's worth re-saying, rather than making the moment we are living the best moment we can live, we have to fight for things that are yet to come and we need to lament things that are done neither of which are real anymore. Because in the moment, all that is real is now. And in the moment, you will reach those times when you ask yourself, what would love do now? In the moment, you may create a situation where you can demonstrate kindness. But in order to demonstrate kindness, we need to accept that we are all imperfect beings. There is no one perfect person out there guiding the pack, making all right decisions. And that when we make the decisions that we make, we make them based on ourselves. And we have as an underlying precept at all times, harm not others. We are guided by the golden rule, which is found in every faith, every faith, no matter what they call God, Yahweh, Allah, God, Christ, in every faith, there is a fundamental love others as you love yourself. Do unto others as you would do unto, you would have them do unto you. That means treating them the way you would want to be treated if you were in their circumstance. And how do you do that? You begin to stop fighting life and start living life. May I say that again? You begin to stop fighting life and start living life. And how do you live life? You live life by looking at a situation. And no matter what you believe you need to do, you decide that based on what is in your power. And you let go of blaming others for your circumstance and instead make your circumstance glorious. So if you try for the job, you have the best application that you could possibly put in for the job, and you don't get the job, you accept that and you think in your mind, there's a better plan out there for me. And you start allowing your mind to open up to the realm of possibilities. 
How can I take this now and expand my life possibilities? Obviously, this position was not the right position for me to be all that I can be. You look around your house. My mom used to do this. She Every time we moved into a house, my mom would go in first and she would spend days there. She would clean and clean and clean until if there was an ounce of old wax, they used to wax floors. If there was an ounce of old wax on the floor, it was gone. And that floor was down to its purest form, as good as it could be after the years of use. It was a thin layer of her wax on it. The carpets, and generally there weren't carpets in places we lived, but the carpets would be cleaned if they were. They would be sparkling. Sure, there might be a stain, there might be many stains, but it was sparkling. The house would smell like paint because my mom took this house and sometimes they were pretty shabby and she made it the best house that we could have. And so we didn't think about the idea that, oh my gosh, we're poor. We had no qualms about bringing anyone into our house because our house always was put together well inside. No matter what neighborhood it was in, no matter what the exterior looked like, that house was put together well inside. So she took the house as it was and saw the possibilities in the house. And when we come upon people who aggravate us, many times I've noticed we shut down our minds and are so intense because we are so aggravated, we just want to show them they are wrong. And in that process, we shut our mind down, we are focusing on what we are going to say, and we may miss what they are saying that would cause us to reach a compromise, a place of agreement, that would cause us to listen one to the other and come to to a, I guess, the song, you start walking my way, I'll start walking yours come to a place of understanding. There are no, it is not that there are only religions who see the world differently. The reality is there are no two people who see the world precisely the same. And the reason there are no two people who see the world precisely the same, because no two people duplicate their life experiences totally. And it is those life experiences that define who we are. So if you're worried about, oh my gosh, if I commit myself to a life of kindness, if I commit myself to remembering as that peace comes from within me, to remembering that the, the primary religion is kindness, according to the Dalai Lama. If I commit myself to that, what if something comes up that I really need to stand up and speak out on? You will be prepared because you will be living in the moment. You will not be allowing yourself to move right and left, up and down, be in the past most of the time, a little bit of time in the future, and completely blind to what is going on around you. You will instead be crafting your own life to demonstrate what you believe. And if more and more and more of us can join together to craft our life in that way, there will be a change. And if we hit that that spot on the line, the continuum, where we need to take action that is a little bit more, where we need to push our way through, where we need to be right, 
when we hit that spot, we will recognize it because we are there. We will recognize it because we have lived our lives in a place of of learning what matters to us. Don Miguel Reese in The Four Agreements says, the choice is do you want to be at peace or do you want to be right? And I'm going to be frank with you folks, and I I recognize that there might be some who would be grossly offended by what I'm about to say, but I really do not. I know that there is a God. I really do not care what people call God. I do not really care how people pray to God. I do not really care about anything but that they know there is a God and they know that God loves them. And quite honestly, I can think of no reason for there to be a fight about that. I can think of no reason. None at all. That we have people lurking through our society, looking to destroy others to prove that their God is a better God than our God. And I see no reason for us lurking through their societies doing the same thing. And I have been studying the Middle East, and I'm I'm pretty much appalled right now. I don't want to talk about it. Except to say that God loves us all. And if you can start your morning with that fundamental precept, no matter how you pray, and ask God to lead you through a day, ask love to lead you through a day of love, of making loving choices, of wise choices, choices that propagate love, not hate. Choices that are not designed to seek revenge for what has happened in the past, but instead to nurture and develop love now. Choices that stills the hand of pain. Choices that recognize that all people are equal in God's eyes. Then, then we will begin, if there's enough of us, if there's a movement, we will know when we have hit that spot on the continuum. And to put it bluntly, folks, if if somebody would challenge me on that question, I am ready. Because we need, there are times when we may be called to demonstrate to as many people as possible what is right behavior. And I will be frank with you, right behavior is grounded in love. So let us each be a light. Let us each reach out. Let us each find peace by learning first within ourselves acceptance of things that just do not matter. Use them to propel you. If you don't like your job, you've applied for a job and you didn't get it, keep applying, be propelled by failure, and believe that there is something better out there for you by design if you will just keep yourself open. I'm not telling you it's not okay to be angry. Of course we are all angry at times. In the book of Isaiah, they talk about being angry with God. Maybe that's the place to be. Be angry with God. Why is this happening? Why are you allowing this to happen in my life? And then once you have spent your anger... say, okay, let us breathe together. Let me unite my breath with yours so that I am sensitive to the slightest signal of where I should turn next. And when the next turn is not exactly the turn I wanted, 
Help me to make lemonade out of lemons. Help me to take this dilapidated house and fill it with my vision. Help me to take my present reality and shine it up with a silver cloth by seeing all that it offers me. Help me to let go of the judgments that I think others may be having of me. Help me to focus not on what others may think about who I am, but on who I know I am and how I show that. Life is not a bowl of cherries. As Irma Bombeck, the late Irma Bombeck said, uh, it's probably more often than not pits. But do you know that from a cherry pit, you can grow a cherry tree? And it's a matter of attitude and focus and belief. It's a matter of taking time each day to say thank you, God, for everything just the way it is. Guide me tomorrow. And today, open my eyes to the wonder of now. Help me recognize the beauty in this moment, the excitement of this second. And embrace it. Not because it is not perfectly defined as what I want, but because I can take it and define who I am. I can live through discomfort with grace because I know that in all of this I am defining myself And if you don't like me, that's okay, because God does. And that is true for each of us. God loves you. There's quite a bit of time left today, and I would like to lead us through a closing meditation going uh, using uh, Kobayaka's Pathless Journey. And this song will continue past the show ending, so let me look again and see if I have another, have something different that we can look at that would be uh, better. I actually have some new music and I was going to, load some of it up and I didn't. How about the journey? That's perfect. The journey. Let's listen to the journey and breathe together. As we go about our journey. As we go about our journeys, the beauty of this song is that it has highs and lows. Which is what life is. And yet, when you come to acceptance, 
acceptance with passion. When you come to letting go of the past and embracing the present, you come to peace. Not elation. Feel this music as you're breathing in and out. Feel the chiaroscuro of the music, the high and the low. periods of calmness. Giving, manifesting, divinely inspired breath. Breathe out. I am enough. You then. I am love. Breathing in, I am loved. Feel the power of those words go through your chakras as you come to your crown chakra. And after your breath is infused with the breath of God, breathe out. I am a tool of love.
Wow. I love the way the journey is depicted because it is so like life. It has the the vibration, the excitement, the drama of life. And then it has followed by periods of calmness. And that calmness comes from recognizing that you only have control over you. And so what you want to do is develop a life that shows what you believe is important. And I dare to suggest that should be grounded in love so that your life itself becomes a testimony. You are moving along and and you have the fevered pitch of life and then it drops and you have the chaos of despair. And in that despair, you rise back up, modeling who you are, treating people the way you believe they should be treated, treating people the way you believe you should have been treated so that you come up and you again are modeling what you believe life is about. And as you do that, you go through a period of peace. And then there will be the excitement of life again. And there may be despair again. But in each instance, you have control over who you show you are. You have control. Next week, we're going to be talking about God is everything good and bad. Interesting topic. God is everything. I encourage you through this week, instead of using the word God, to use the word love. To use it often. To touch your family members with the word love. To touch your friends with the word love. Open the universe to love through your eyes. You are enough to make a difference, and you will. I know that absolutely. And together, if enough of us demonstrate and show love, we will start rethinking how it is that something is grounded in acceptance and loving others as ourselves, which incorporates forgiveness, has become so violent. Until next week, I send you all my love. I send you good wishes. And I send you happiness. Peace be with you. Serenity Row. Namaste.